Does it have something in it this time? I didn't have time to put anything in it. Here, I'll put some water in it. Here. Gosh, friend. It's magic. It's magic. Thank it's magic. Thank it's magic. Okay. Chaim! Chaim, cheers! Over your computer. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I mm. was I was gonna joke and say say uh, I just rolled out of bed. I well, you, you probably bed. you probably did because you just like came on at like eight fifty three and like I mean for you that's late. You know you know what I did? I actually was already out of the house and came back. <laughs> really? Yeah, I went out to get some more oat milk. Mm. I don't know if if uh, those of you out there who do not drink regular cow's milk. And yeah. I'll ch that was the worst moo I've ever heard. I kind of want to do, like, do a sh like a sheep. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, Anyway, my favorite alternative is oat milk. And I discovered it a while, a while back now. I know it's a very popular thing nowadays, but um, I cannot have my coffee without my oat milk. And I was, I oh, yeah. I was out and the store, like literally two minutes around the corner, usually has it. So I picked up like two big containers. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I always have oat milk in my fridge as well. It's I didn't know milk. that. Okay. Yeah, no oat milk I have every day. I, I gotta say it's kind of become like a second protein intake for me, which is really sad because I have like my cereal with oat milk, and then I get my matcha latte every day from Starbucks with oat milk, and then I'm like, oh my god, like that's so long. <laughs> I know. And here is our guest this morning. Yes, nice and prompt. Good morning, my darling. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, folks? Good. No, nice to see you. We Thank you. Tell our guests that we're recording right away. So just so that yeah. Just so you know, because there's, you know, not everyone reads the email. So thank you for reading the email. <laughs> we are recording. I got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If all people would be ready to, ready to go, it would be Tanil Gaib, who is an incredible dear friend of mine. Dear, I say an old friend of mine, because it's been quite a while. It's since been a while. Met. It's been a while. I was prepubescent when we first met. <laughs> so you were, so you were... I was just going to say, this makes no sense. I was going to say your voice was lower then, but that doesn't make any sense. It would have been no, the <laughs> It would have been the opposite. Yes. Yes. No. So we didn't have a chance to introduce you yet to, to Neil. So I'll okay, introduce great. you and then you can sure. fill in the gaps. So sure. my, my fondest memories of Tanil was mm. when I was a spring young chicken taking yoga classes and <laughs> she was the flamboyant, incredibly beautiful unicorn of a diva that ran the studio and she embraced me from the very first moment that I arrived and she was like, who are you? <laughs> and then we ended up working together for several months and groveled in our shared miseries and equally our beautiful triumphs and our shared views on corporatocracy and anarchy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And from there, it just just budded, and we bumped into to another since she's moved to the island. Uh, you're in Victoria, correct? 
Correct, Lekwungen territory, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we've bumped into another just through the years and when she's been in Vancouver and have always had the longest chats and the most sincere, and it's like time has never passed. And Janiel is a wonderful, amazing entrepreneur, boss woman, if I can say that. Yeah, I think I'm a boss woman today. Yeah, yeah, and major background in theater and performing arts, production and direction and creative arts in general including Mm -hmm. acting herself and very much based on many walks of life but I would say that's one thing that I know as well as a author at least one time Mm -hmm. author if not furthermore author and many different backgrounds in health Mm -hmm. and sexuality women's empowerment Mm -hmm. and empowerments of folks and people yeah lover of humans lover of humans that's the one (laughs) yes i did see that on your website and love that because that's what we're all about as well we're all human and that is our thread that connects us all that i mean it should connect us all all of us but something else that i noticed is you are i don't know how to put this i wanted to see a sex therapist but that's probably (laughs) intimacy coach intimacy coach okay perfect (laughs) Like, I like that better. I like that better. I like that better. Yeah, a lot of people are like, you're a sex bird. I'm like, well, not not in that way. You know, I can definitely um, guide people in things of learning around specifics about sex or sexuality in that way. But yes, really, I guess like my passion is getting folks feeling yummy in their own experience um, with intimacy with themselves first and then kind of getting them skills and tools to share that with other people. Cause that's the tricky part. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's getting intimate with ourselves is the trickiest part, but then connecting that with other folks is um, sometimes. Absolutely. Well, yes. So. Yes. Yeah. And, and we thought with Valentine's day coming around the corner and on Sunday already, which is <laughs> amazing. What a beautiful day of the week to have a celebration like Valentine's day. Mm-hmm. If that's thought of you immediately, it would be a great opportunity to chat with you and learn about yourself overall as a human being and going mm-hmm. into the past and into the present and who knows about the future, uh, especially <laughs> now and just learning about, um, yeah, again, intimacy and love mm-hmm. and everything else that you have learned through your life and anything you want to share. This platform is open for everything you want to share. Everything. I feel it. I'm just going to dive right in there. Cause okay, I can't sure. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Right in there. Um, I, I feel like I read that you were, you were, fairly I don't know if confident is the right word but certain um assertive with yourself at a very young age yeah yeah I'm feisty uh (laughs) I love that but I just mean like 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 pre-teen or even throughout which is which is not super common you know like a lot of a lot of um uncertainty and you know, and not not being confident as a teenager, but it sounds like you kind of almost found a bit of your path at that point as well to yeah. kind of what you're doing now, which. Yeah, I think it's all related in my life. Uh, yeah, I think like, I mean, yes, I was very independent when I was young and uh, yeah, my parents had to go through some, some sort of that, but like, I was like a good kid independent, you know? So 
there was like some stress there because I thought I was entitlement entitled to more freedom because I was such a good kid. Um, but I definitely tested uh, my parents on that one. But I remember one of my earliest like definite decisions for like bettering myself was at age nine. And I decided <laughs> that I wanted to go to this creative arts center for a uh, school. And I didn't even tell my parents. I went and picked up an application, wrote an essay, and basically told my mom to sign this paper because I'm going to that school <laughs> next year. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there was that. And, and I think along that time, too, um, I was struggling with a lot of stuff emotionally. And I just remember, like, I think I was 10 years old being like, I need to go to counseling. That's something I need to do for myself. So I started like, yeah, going on a healing journey quite young, <laughs> I guess. Um, and I think that school particularly, um, yeah, just was really nourishing for who I was and where I wanted to go. A lot of it was like, it says it's a creative arts center, but really it was developing our critical thinking skills. And we got to apply our actual knowledge to the arts, right? So for example, um, say you're learning the rock cycle, you know, in a science class and you would have to go and do independent study for two weeks. Maybe you would get to do group study for another two weeks then you would have to apply it to an art form like a dance or sculpture or something. And then you actually had to present it to your um, fellow peers and actually like know the knowledge, you know, not just like here's A, B and C to like check off. Yeah. Um, so I think that that was like my most important schooling actually in my life thus far. Um, high school was a bore compared to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a, a, a definite place that I really learned how to nourish my brain and express myself. And we were a very lucky grade. I don't know if grades before or after us, um, but we were quite bonded. I know that there was like, you know, middle school hierarchies a little bit, but I kind of blended in all of those groups and I didn't really feel, I know there were, differences you know um mm. and people probably felt that more than i did but i also didn't put up with like bull crap from the more popular kids like if they were teasing someone i was like stop it that's rude <laughs> you know like <laughs> um yeah so i think that socially as well um i had a really amazing experience and some of those people are still like some of my best friends to this day so i feel very fortunate to oh. have gone through that experience no kidding where are, did you grow up in vancouver no no i grew up in alberta um, i was born in medicine hat and when i was seven years old moved to calgary and was there on and off between the two cities um growing up but i moved to vancouver I think I was 23, 20, 23. Um, after like five years of professional theater, I came to Vancouver. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Like what, what, what started, what started you in theater? Cause I know that I met you when you were already, of course, established, right? We didn't, and we, we never really yeah. had a chance to 
the talk really like, what we, i mean we did <laughs> what but, did i do yeah like what what started the theater because i know you mentioned a little bit from the elementary school portion but then did you mm. do the theater in high school or did it come after that or? i did do theater in high school i was really frustrated with high school it was very boring and mm -hmm. um yeah when i was doing grade 12 drama i guess i i didn't really like acting to be honest it's not it's not my go-to but there was something about having your vision brought up on stage really attracted to me. So we were doing a directing module. So of course I was like, I want to be a director. I love yeah. leading. And I just didn't find or resonate with any plays that were already written. So I decided to write my own play. Yeah. And <laughs> there was like swear words in it. So I had to go and get permission from the like principal to use it in public just like yeah. yeah performances yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah he approved it like i used the word can i swear on your uh, you can say yeah. whatever the fuck okay. you want yeah there you go so i i used the word like fuck or fucking twice but i explained why the character needed to say it in those yeah. specific ways it wasn't just like shooting the shit yeah and um yeah he approved it which is great and then i was like well you know none of my best friends come to my school so just having like a lunchtime performance wasn't good enough for me for me so um i pitched that like we should do a dessert night box like dessert box theater thing yes. and we could like sell tickets and do a fundraiser and like yeah, that's kind of when I started being a producer. And I worked really a lot with um, MBF, who is a musician, Michael Bernard Fitzgerald. Um, and that was kind of like our big kind of like project to the year end. And we sold like 300 tickets. Oh my God. Whoa, um, of course you did. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it was really fun. There were some consequences to it though. And that was really difficult. Um, I, I, I mostly write from my own experience. So I'm a creative brain that I guess takes my life and presents it in like a creative, interesting way. I'm not like a person that makes up fiction and then presents it in an artistic way. And so, um, yeah, I, I think I definitely hurt some feelings um, <laughs> as my process. I get that. Um, yeah, so that was that but again it, it 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 is definitely who i am and i i don't um i guess hold back from what i'm going through and how i share my life and that kind of thing so that was like my first theater foray but even in my grade 12 year like i was applying for chemistry um in university i really like math and science i really really like the application of it and I was also applying to like art school to become like a, I guess, 2D painting artist or something. And then I applied for an apprenticeship um, at Alberta Theater Projects. And I wasn't really leaning towards that, but then I found out that I wasn't qualified for student loans to go to university. And that was very stressful. <laughs> Even though I was working full time since I was 13 um, years old, basically, and going to school, I just didn't have those kinds of funds to put myself through university at that time. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, then I went to Alberta Theatre Projects and was immersed in professional theatre for a year doing all kinds of things 
from like data entry to resource development, which was fundraising to assistant stage management, working with the producer um, who's still there, Diane Goodman. Uh, she taught wow. me a lot. Um, yeah, so I just got kind of immersed into that and into the community, which I fell in love with. And uh, it was it was definitely a hard year. Uh, we were making only $75 a week for being an apprentice. And um, yeah, so I was still trying to work full time on top of that. I was running a, a, I was, I think at that point I was the gift registry manager at like Home Outfitters or something. Oh my God. <laughs> And working like 50 hours a week at the theater. Um, wow. But yeah, I kind of fell in love with theater there. And and it was the, I think I'm really loving the idea of live presence and the connection everyone makes in that live space. And I guess the delving into human condition is pretty cool too. Like there's a lot of good juicy questions in that format. How are you, because when you, you just hit the nail on the head about like, you know, really craving that live kind of experience. Mm -hmm. And now, what are you doing to um, supplement that? Or what, how are you, how are you doing? What are you, yeah. you know, it's everyone's got their own shtick that they're pivoting to or. Adapting, or, morphing. Exactly. Reading. Yeah, Zoom's my friend, but it's like really hard for me. I'm an extrovert on top of that. Uh, and so, yeah, this pandemic has really challenged me. There's days that I just sit and cry because <laughs> I miss people so much. Um, like Lover of Humans isn't like new. It's like my whole life. Um, and... Yeah, in the work that I do, I'm so fortunate and lucky that I get to still have like connections. Like I have one-on-one -on -one clients that do intimacy coaching work with me. And so, yes, that format is fine. Like my office downtown just sits empty most of the times. So I don't see people in person. Um, so I get a lot of joy from that. And I'm fortunate again that my career can pivot to online. It's yeah. definitely not my desire though, right? I'm working with um, a marketing business coach as well. And like, I'm going to be putting like my 17 workshops all, workshops online so people can just download it and digest it in their own way, which makes it so much more accessible. And I want my work to be accessible to people. But it's also really sad for me because I love like workshops with real humans and <laughs> all of these things. So it's definitely challenging and... Um, not good for like like my literal molecules feel like they're changing into something mm -hmm. that I'm pretty like not down with fighting yeah someone actually asked me recently that I hadn't seen for a while <clears throat> at our little coffee shop I'm, I'm in Vernon so I'm in in Hogan mm. um but I was driving and I saw and I rolled down my window it's chaos okay, going and one of the first questions he asked me was are you an introvert or an extrovert <laughs> because it's almost like, how are you doing? Like, that's almost what he's basing it on. How are you doing in relation to if you're an introvert or an extrovert? And it's yeah. something I never really considered or thought about during this pandemic time. But, and you just mentioned the word extrovert. So it's, it's interesting mm -hmm. um, to see kind of how those types of different people are, are doing during the pandemic. And I, I don't know if there's such who's doing worse, who's doing better. Like, that's not really, it's just different, but it's different. 
It's different. Yeah, I mean, my partner um, is an ambivert, but really has been thriving in like being at home doing her music for, you know, 70 hours a week or whatever she does. <laughs> um, so she's really thriving as um, her more introverted self. She's like, what? I don't have to like show up for people and do all these busy things. And I just get to work on myself and my craft and my business. And I'm like, yeah, you look pretty good. She's pretty happy. <laughs> it's amazing um, how we adapt, right? I mean, yeah. I'm definitely an ambivert for sure. And so there are parts of me that are very happy not talking to people. And me then as too. long as I have a little bit of interaction through the day in different ways, yeah. no matter what it is, I'm good. But then if you're a pure extrovert, it's very, very, very debilitating. And you have to really yeah. figure out a way, like not you, but like any extrovert has to figure out the ways to how how to adapt because yeah. we're kind of in a situation where we can't not adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm such like a strict rule follower. Right. So this is like a very fascinating time for me. Um, I oh. love like following rules, but then I'm really annoyed that we're not like free people. Mm-hmm. So it's like this really interesting thing of like really learning, like democracy does not mean freedom. Uh, that's a big learning in the pandemic for me. Um, and also, I really want to like protect myself and my family and every human from something that can be death- deadly and intense. Um, <laughs> so I'm following the rules very strictly. And it's also like very like expanding my brain on what it means to be human and um, living in a society where there are complexities and rules to um, garner us. So I'm not even thinking about pandemic stuff anymore. It's like, I'm thinking about like the way in which we as some of us that are, you know, uh, Canadians um, move through the world and trying to understand that, yeah, what privileges we have and like what things do we not have control over? Yeah. Super fascinating stuff to me. Yeah. Has Has that inspired anything in your creative realm of not just your intimacy work being transitioned into digital work, but has that inspired you in your creative writing way at all in terms of production or storytelling or capturing the public um, perception of what reality is and perhaps the, uh, the delusion of what they think reality Mm -hmm. is. Has that inspired you in any way? Not I mean, it's inspiring, but I haven't done anything with it yet. I think like, yeah, my creative self, I think also the pandemic's healed a lot for me, like in the sense of like me being an actual workaholic. And it's so funny. I was in four years of counseling, trying to work on my addiction to work. And then the pandemic hit and all of my community projects got nixed. So, um, which is hard for me emotionally, but it also like cured my like addiction to work in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So I think just this year coming, you know, from a place where I was like basically overworking myself since I was 13 years old. And I think I'm turning 35 this year. Um, (laughs) I understand that. Yeah. So mid thirties, this is interesting. And um, I, yeah, creatively, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Like, I think that, yeah, it's been, it's been a minute since I've worked on a creative project and I'm curious about when and when that will come back to me at the moment. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I think everyone in this, this year has just been trying to keep their head above water, so to speak, just yeah. try, to out, try to, you know, uh, a, a, what we just said, adapt and see just where we all fit. Cause it's just so new and strange and all those kinds of things. Um, but just because, uh, speaking of Valentine's day coming up yes. and being an intimacy coach, yeah. how did that come across or how did that come about <laughs> for yourself with all the beautiful things that you've been doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I delved into human sexuality in college. Um, my creative writing courses, I went to, that's why I moved to Vancouver was to go to creative writing school. And, um, I just thought everything was really boring. The writing classes themselves, um, because they were like, this is like the canon of this and this and this. And I'm like, yeah, but it's all been done. Like, I already know my voice. I've been writing since I was seven. Like, yes, you can like teach me mechanics and structure, right but like i'm not gonna like try and be the next like white guy's version of success i guess and so i just started taking anything to do with human stuff and so i started taking like human sexuality in like the health sciences area i took like art history and women's health and all these different little basically any faculty that would have me and anything to do with sexuality i studied it and from there, it was kind of born of like me writing my own creative nonfiction erotica cookbook. And <laughs> that's the one Hero was referring to. That I still I have it. Yeah, yeah. It's really sweet, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. And so basically the format was, and I, I started writing this in college um, about my first love. And basically it's like one chapter is a love story whether it's like hard or exciting or stressful at times um and it's related to a meal we cook together and then at the end there's a recipe and it also has like erotic photos of me in it there's um art and poetry it's kind of like just like a voila this is this is a young woman's story about love food and sexuality and Cool. Can you still can you still buy it? Yeah, you can on my website. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, it's really it's really cute. And I am really still proud of it, even though I've like grown so much. The next version of what I wanted to put out if I was still doing that series or that lineage was um it's called Love and Cooking. And I wanted to do like Love and Cooking now gluten-free and penis free because like <laughs> Um, yeah, I've grown into a baby queer, you know, and, um, and then also like a lot of my dietary things have changed because I found out I had a, you know, uh, autoimmune disease oh. and, um, all yeah. these different things. So I have evolved a lot as a human and as all we, we all do, but I think the story has a lot of beauty in it for people that are not, um, typical beauties, um, you know, I really have always loved my body. I'm really lucky that way. Um, I have not, I've not had the, um, yeah, I guess I've just not been a conventional beauty type. Um, you know, I'm curvy. I like, I'm unique looking, but I really love the way I look. And so, um, I'm unapologetic in that book about it. So I think for young women folk that, 
you know, like, and you think of it like now there's amazing body positivity movements. But when I put that book out, there wasn't, you know, women with my body doing naked yoga in a book, right? So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it was pre, pre that, I guess, um, the body positive movement. And, and then I also think there's like some sweetness and tenderness that's really cool for like, yeah, young, young adults to connect into, I guess, on, on well, first love. Uh, first of all, brave and I you know I, I I wouldn't I don't think I would be brave enough to do that now I'm I'm 38 I just turned 38 and like I I'm still not I mean full transparency I still don't love my body I still don't love myself completely honestly we talk about anxiety like I'm just totally honest we talk about anxiety on this show all this time all the time and all that kind of stuff um you know, I think that, I think you hit the nail on the head about, yes, body positivity definitely is more prevalent now and that's beautiful. It's wonderful. But with social media, it's still, you know, and here when I've talked about this, you know, quite a few times, like I'll still be scrolling and see like all the filters that we use now. Right. So like filters to make, you know, all this go away, the acne and the, and the dark circles and the wrinkles and the, and that, and that's still an obsession, you know, and, and for men and women, it's not just, um, so, I mean, how, how do you, um, how do you coach, how do you coach people in, in this era of social media and how, like, do you, do you talk to people about marketing and do do you have clients? Yeah. I feel like. yeah yeah and again this is like I I mean I definitely have education and intimacy and all these things but it's it's a lot of life experience I bring to my practice it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of like yeah I say it's like talk and resource based so like yes I have like 10 years of like articles and videos and things to have different perspectives and challenge the way that you're thinking in that but a lot of my work as well is to like share the tools and skills I've developed as a, as a person. So I remember, yeah, when I was quite young, um, really being into like Cosmo Mag, right? Cause there's all these quizzes and stuff. But then I realized like the more that I got into them, the more I started not liking myself and I was very aware of it. Oh. And so I just stopped doing it. Like I stopped buying those magazines. I'm like, this makes me feel like shit or inadequate. And I don't want to live that way right and so yeah I was very lucky (laughs) to like have some sort of mechanism in me that was like hey this this doesn't feel good and why are we doing this um so yeah I I definitely if I'm working say with body image with people you know we look at anything from you know I have to watch so much Netflix just to keep up with like what my clients are digesting and like thinking about themselves or relationships or sexuality like that. Like I'm, I'm really into like the social context of sex Mm. and our habits around that. So I'm really obsessed with like current media and stuff. So current media, how we like, what is, um, I teach like a lot of porn literacy right? So like the development of like, what is our attachment to it? What do we see? How do we like, I always ask my clients, like, you know, with porn or media, is it helping you connect with yourself or others? Or is it bringing disconnection in your life? Mm. So if it's more on the disconnection, like how do we shift our habits 
and even like rewiring our brains <laughs> on how that story is with those things to have more connection in our lives. I think porn is great. I think there's like really beautiful things that we can have from it. It, it isn't what human intimacy is. And there's not a lot of education and support around having healthy relationships with porn. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I love starting like working with youth around these kinds of topics as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll tell people being like, you know, what's what? who do you follow on Instagram? Do you follow people that, you know, resonate with you or on similar journeys or like inspire you? Or are they people that like make you feel like shit every day? Well, guess what? Like change what you're following. Yeah. You don't need those constant messages that are like making you feel like you aren't worthy. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. So definitely critical thinking around media. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> And there's so much, I mean, yeah. yeah, that, that's a huge component, you know, these days. Um, and I love that you're getting in there at an early age because God, I wish I had that at that age. Like I almost, I almost feel like it's like, who's more screwed <laughs> because we're, we've been conditioned a certain way for like so long or a young generation that's pre-millennial who are getting all these tools now and it's okay to talk about these things now. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Or is it, is it too much? And oh, that, that's, I that's a huge, it's fascinating. <laughs> um, and then there's the, the trauma that's underneath yeah. everything, because that is a, that's trauma. I mean, and people are taught, people are using and talking about the word trauma up the yin yang these days. Cause that's, yeah. you know, people are just becoming a lot more open and vulnerable about talking about their trauma. And that's, mm -hmm. um, that's gotta be obviously a huge component to body dysmorphia or positivity or whatever is going on so yeah it's a lot I mean I think like the people that like spark me in inspiration for the youth are any queer youth I mean yeah. I'm blown away <laughs> like when I walk into you know a classroom to talk about consent or gender or sexuality it's like I'm blown away with the knowledge and skills and tools they already have, um, the resiliency that they have and the communities that they're building. And I mean, I'm not, like I'm talking from a specific lens, like I work mostly in cities or communities that have bigger schools. Uh, I have worked in like a couple of more remote communities that these things are difficult. Um, yeah, so I have that lens, um, but also the internet is a great connector and people have way more community. Like if you're queer or gay or trans in a small town and there's no one like you there, you do actually now have this potential like source, this community that yeah. maybe will give you um, hope for your future, right? So I and I just think that it's like I'm blown away. There was um, one school I worked with um and someone knew by the time they were you know in grade 11 that they're trans and poly polyamorous and this and this and i'm like <laughs> oh my god i didn't even know what that was when i was your age mm -hmm. you know truly and so yeah i just feel very fortunate to support those people's journeys um yeah. in those ways yeah absolutely it's an honor wow. there's a lot to learn from that generation isn't there Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. Always being a student. Yeah. Always. That too. 
Always. I mean, and again, I know that it's not your, your, your primary outlet, but you are a yoga teacher as well. And we, you mm-hmm. and I share some of the same education and especially the therapeutic and restorative yeah. side of things. So I'm curious, and I'm sure they overlap because yoga is a life scope more than even more than a physical yeah. practice. But how do you, do you ever find about the yoga philosophies or the ethics, let's say, and do you blend those into your intimacy toolbox, a toolbox toolkit, especially to youth and people that maybe aren't exposed to that and kind of teaching them those skills of how to, you know, not be violent to themselves, to mm-hmm. be truthful, to, um, yeah. to moderate their energy, like things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm fortunate enough, excuse me, one second. Um, <laughs> when I'm fortunate enough to actually be integrated into the actual education of youth, so a lot of times they're like, come in for an assembly for 90 minutes and tell them everything about the thing. And I'm like, okay, good luck. Like, this is really going to be effective. But if I can actually come in a few times um, a year or like a, a month or something and actually develop those connections, we can kind of get a little bit, I guess, deeper. And sometimes I'll blend. Oh, what I love doing is like blending all of the things in one. So we'll do like meditation or yoga or whatever. We'll bring it into body image. We'll get them to write a script and perform. Right. So like, Uh, yeah. So this is kind of like the stuff that I was taught is like, okay, so like, let's learn about a topic about gender, you know? And then we like talk about it. We see some videos about it. We like critically think about it. And then it's like, can we bring it to something? Can we, can we share it in some way artistically? Uh, unfortunately, um, it's really hard to get into schools for this, not because of the content, but because of time and resources and et cetera. And now of course we're, we're in a pandemic, so it's even more difficult. Um, but yeah, giving them like the chance to like learn communication skills in high school. Oh yeah. Pretty important, pretty important stuff. So important. Um, yeah, so I definitely bring that in. And I think with like intimacy coaching work with adults, um, some yoga stuff creeps in. Yeah. Yeah. Some mindfulness stuff and, um, yeah. I can't imagine the, the layers that there are with an adult working with an adult in comparison to working with a youth Mm -hmm. and how much longer it might take to get, you know, an adult to the level that you maybe want to get them to as well I mean I guess the top they want different yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah yeah but adding on to that though Rachel because like you just talked about like youth and adult and I've got to chime in here because I think and I know you're not saying one is more or less but I think as you're saying they're so different because adults are conditioned and already so-called formed right yes so people like I think the three of us, we're never formed. We're always changing and growing. We just might have certain things that are more set because we've done that part already and we're doing, now we're up here. Yeah. Youth are so fastly growing, especially with all the way that even, because we're all, you, the two of you are, the two of you are slightly in the same kind of era. I'm still kind of in that millennial phase, I guess you want to call it, but still not like, I, you know, I didn't have a cell phone until I was 12, right? It wasn't like I had a cell phone when I was five and I was glued to a touchscreen with the internet. I had video games, but it wasn't like I was yeah. glued to the internet at five. Kids now literally are like this with their parents' technology. And so when they get conditioned by the media, 
Tennille, I can imagine like the amount of layers and the contrast of adult and youth mindset and what their beliefs, what yeah. they think or what they know are completely different, right? Like there, it's a totally different set of skills that you have to have. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I say to my clients when they want to work with me, it's it's a slow process, you know, like I, I'm a coach for a reason. Um, you know, if you're coming in and want to work on body image stuff, I ask, well, how many years have you been struggling with your body image? If they're like, oh, 20. And it's like, guess what? It's not going to be gone in two months, right? Like if those stories and that repetitive belief in yourself, that is going to take time to unwind and and give yourself opportunities for new stories right and new ways of feeling and thinking and so usually when i work with clients that have um deep work to do like that i guess it takes a couple of years um, mm -hmm. in that way and i've also said to clients like i don't want to be your person forever like i want you to grow and evolve and have your own skills and tools mm -hmm. so that you're not necessarily going to need me forever. Um, <laughs> so I try and put that, you know, caveat. I'm different from like a regular um, therapist in that way. Like I'm, I have found my therapist. I'm keeping her as long as I can, right, in my life. Um, yeah, so I, I really like to work on specific intimate things with someone and then hopefully they can go out and like utilize those skills and those, those things for their lives. Yeah, absolutely. What's like, what's one thing that just because people who are listening yeah. or watching this maybe have never delved into considering changing their body image, or they've just never even they've just thought that, you know, this is just the way I'm gonna be the rest of my life. This is how I see myself. And there's no way of getting out of this. Is there, I, I know, it's hard to kind of pinpoint one thing that they can do, or if there's, is there a first step? Is there a I don't know, uh, some sort of tool. I just, I feel like people who are taking that first step, it's, it's hard to. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the media stuff is a lot. That's like, that could be like step one through five, you know, digesting, like, what is your relationship with media? How does it make you feel about yourself? All those things. I like to um, kind of ask questions like what was, when, when was like a first memory where you felt like ashamed about your body, you know, and sometimes that's very young. Sometimes that's four years old. Sometimes that's, you know, 10 years old, right? Like, and then also ask them questions on the flip side too. Like when was there glimmers of like happiness of your body or, you know, and, and sometimes that's very small and there's not a lot of examples, but sometimes there are right. Those little mm -hmm. glimmers. And and this goes with like, I mean, not just body image, but um, sexual shame, you know, like say if you grew up with sexual shame, well, when were those first memories? When, when did those first things come up or those messages? Mm -hmm. Again, sometimes it's very young, depending on how we grew up and where we grew up. And then also, but like, when was the first time you felt like maybe a glimmer of sexual acceptance or expression or... You know, because those are also very important and vital. And sometimes like feeling into that or understanding those like glimmers of yumminess can help us, you know, build stronger relationship with those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that would maybe be a, a first questionnaire step for yourself mm -hmm. <laughs> around kind of kind of anything like be um, body image. It can be 
pornography, it could be sexual intimacy, that kind of stuff. Like, when did you feel icky or weird or hard about those things? Mm -hmm. And was there ever a time that it felt there might be something that's beautiful in there? Yeah, I love that so much because I think we get so stuck on all the negative. It's so easy to have those negative moments imprinted on our minds more than the positive. But we have to realize that it's there, there, there have been like, it's not like there have never been positives. There have been positives. It's just, it's just harder for you to remember them. So yeah. 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 So maybe just like, take some moments today and just like see when when does the beauty pop up and and how could you support and nourish more times like that Mm -hmm. very difficult sometimes depending on people's life situations but it could be a possibility to nourish absolutely yeah. Would you would you say, I mean, you probably have again tons of tools, but for your own self or for people that you really care about, like, you know, you're just helping a friend out. It's not right. a client. Like, what are the few things that you really like to recommend as little tips or little tricks or things that you might initially offer them to think about? You know, it's like, oh, Tineo, mm-hmm. I just did like, you know, like just give me your top few things. Just like, yeah, 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 okay, here are my top <laughs> few things. Like, what would like how would you address that? Uh I talk about compassion a lot. Um, so I think it's like, there's always going to be the ebbs and flows and that sounds a little bit cliche, but it's about how do we show up for compassion for oneself or others in our lives? Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that like, we're not always going to be able to do the thing or not be in our shame or whatever, right? And if we're in that place, like not allowing it to just become that cycle, that negative feedback cycle, being like, whoa, like, okay, I realize I'm having a stressful time or a hard time. Where can I find compassion? Mm -hmm. Where can I like take a moment or ask for what I need or yeah, call up a friend and talk about it or anything like that. Right. Um, depending on who you are, what you need for comfort and that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. these, these things that I deal with, with people in general, and then, yeah, with my friendships or, you know, that kind of thing, it's Mm -hmm. where can, can, can we show up with some softness, um, as we go through the day or, that kind of thing i'm trying to think of anything else now (laughs) yeah right yeah and then just um yeah i guess i really like like cringy deep honesty sometimes you know like i say like i think i have a really positive vibe that i put out there but when i say something a reflection or a mere statement to my good friends or to my clients like they're usually pretty thankful to hear it. Um, so sometimes you just need that outside perspective to be like, hey, what about this? You know, cause like, I know I've needed that in my life a hundred percent. And I think that's why I've had, I, I value my, my friendships for so long is because like all of these different people will give me different versions of myself mm-hmm. that I really need to connect with and you know it's an honor that they're along the journey with me as well um in those ways so I think yeah friends or community or family um 
can really gift you back your presence sometimes like well Tanil would usually say this thing like or you've told me this in the past about yourself does that still resonate with you or you know those kinds of things so people reflecting back to you maybe some of your truths or um that you need to hear that maybe you've been distracted or down a tough path recently yeah and a lot of people might like i i think i would take that hopefully in a good light but i think a lot of people when they're face to face with themselves in that respect might push away from it and be like well fuck you like yeah. you know because they're not ready to deal with it i guess they're not ready to heal not ready to grow yeah and i think that's why i became an intimacy coach and made it my profession <laughs> because people are actually coming to me for that support and that honesty and that connection in that specific way i don't need to do that to my friends and my like past lovers and stuff so i think i found a very healthy way to have boundaries met in a way that like i can really show up for someone and give them my all and it's in a structure that they also really want that in their lives and so that's a beautiful thing that um i've cultivated with people <laughs> so mostly with friends i i do listen and uh, shut up until they ask for my opinion on stuff now fair, um, fair enough so are you taking new clients for people that people out there <laughs> yeah yeah people out there yeah yeah absolutely i'm honored to do that if you are a youth or queer or trans i have sliding scale um options out there and i'm particularly really interested in working with couples right now um talking about valentine's day this stuff in the pandemic is fascinating with couples um, yeah yeah like they're like in close proximity for the first time maybe in their relationship and um it's just really juicy stuff it's so good <laughs> i mean it's probably tough for their experience it definitely is but <laughs> The way I can show up is like, I'm honored and it's fascinating stuff. And um, yeah, so I definitely have um, space in my uh, my week <laughs> for new clients, if that's something you desire. So you can go on my website and you can look at all kind of the like the topics of my wheelhouse and, um, you know, anything from like relationship structures body image porn we've talked about all these different things um if you just yeah. want to heal some stuff that you've grown up with um i can support that and then if anything like if i'm not the one for you <laughs> i have tons of referrals um we are so blessed on this coast in canada that we have a lot of amazing practitioners doing a lot of different work in human mm -hmm. sexuality and so if i'm not the right fit for someone i absolutely will try and find people the right fit but yeah and i didn't really thank you for mentioning the couples thing yeah because that's i mean that's a whole other topic of conversation that we could probably talk hours about about what the fuck this pandemic's done to <sighs> couples i, <laughs> I like, where am i no my my husband's not in that room anymore and i i wouldn't bring up personal stuff yeah. but um it yeah it definitely has it's not tricky. yeah it's 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 new it's very new yeah yeah absolutely it's it's one of those things where the pandemic's kind of brought it's pushed people into their 
discomfort um, unwillingly and unsuspectedly. Like some, it's just they, you know, we weren't ready to deal with things perhaps that we were needing to deal with. And now it's like a slap in the face. Like, no, no, no. You got to deal with this now. Yeah. Choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. I, yeah. And so with that being said, actually, do you have, have you had more couples on your roster? Yeah. Yeah. Than I ever have. And not necessarily like traditional couples too. Like I work with polyamorous folks or open folks. Oh. As well. um, but yeah, I've been seeing a lot more partnerships come through the door lately. And it, it's just an honor. I, I think that, you know, mostly everything to do with partnership, it has to do with communication or the assumptions we're making about someone because they've done something once one way and I really just try and cultivate a space where they can um, have those honest conversations in front of someone that's like their cheerleader essentially yeah Um, so yeah it's it's really exciting to work with partnerships right now Hiro are you listening are you getting some advice oh absolutely always (laughs) always you're in the wall you're in the headphone ear to the camera (laughs) yeah (laughs) I was just teasing because of your, yeah. your your new partnership. So, oh yes, indeed, Ooh, yes, indeed, yes, yes, yes. Is there anything you want to ask, Rachel? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> One My- thing I I think is juicy that I'll share that I've been like really um trying to suss out with couples in particularly pandemic stuff mm-hmm. yes yeah. like we used to always have like certain roles if you're nesting partners living together like you know someone would do this thing and someone would do this thing and it was just kind of accepted yeah. like do a check-in on what works now right so if you're the person that always took out the garbage like maybe that doesn't resonate with you anymore that you're like, it's in your face or something. Um, and then also like, if it's your big need to do that thing in the house, maybe you could be the one to do it instead of like pressuring or getting your person to be like, this should be your top priority. It's like, maybe it's not their top priority right now. And if it's really that important to you, please go ahead and do it. Yeah. Yes. I like that. <laughs> completely. Right? <laughs> oh my God. No, completely. Like, if even like, like last night, again, I think as Rachel just mentioned, like I just started seeing someone and we just made it official like a couple of days ago mm-hmm. and we were at my place and he was cooking and he looks at the dishwasher and says, oh, is that dishwasher clean? I said, yeah. He says, here, let's unload it so I can, so I, so there's room for me to put the other stuff in. I mean, I would have just left it. Perfect example. It wasn't right. like an urgency or like, why don't you have your dishwasher on wash? It was just like, no, I'll, I'll help you out with that. Like, why not? It's going to take two yeah. seconds. It's not a big dishwasher. Let's just do it together. I'm like, absolutely. Right. It's a perfect example. Yeah. And if, and if no one wants to do the chore, can it wait a minute? You know, like, yeah, you don't want to get things out of control. Like I get it, but we're all in a very new weird time and like if the vacuuming doesn't get done for another two days like what is going to go wrong Mm -hmm. yeah it's so true like the dust bunnies are not going to corral together into a dust bunny army and then cause a fire because they're going to combust on you like it's okay they can gather it's going to be a couple days it's going to be fine (laughs) (laughs) it's always like what is you know i try to try to ask myself even in my most anxious times 
is this really important? Is it actually important? Is this, you know, yeah. really um, urgent? Yeah. Is this, you know, like just stop and think for a second. Is, is this really important? You know, it's just, we don't, we don't give ourselves enough time. And I think that hopefully we've had a little bit more time. A lot of us now we're not as, you know, jumping from one thing to the next, the next, to the next, the next, that we're trying to figure out what to do in those moments of um, action and reaction. Like there, there's uh, hopefully a lot of us are trying, are finding that space that exists between those two things. Right. So well, and also like getting to the deeper thing of it. Like if I'm saying to my partner, like something that they didn't finish or do or something, what am I really saying? Like, sometimes I go to my partner and be like, I just need to be held, like held right now. Can you just do that? So instead of like, um, you know, kind of looking at the nitpicky things of how to get that connection met, let's be honest about the connection that we desire. Yeah. And if your partner can't give that to you right now, it's not always up to them to fulfill that. And now we're in closer quarters or seeing each other way more. We can't rely on our friends for that. It is still our responsibility to get our needs met. It's not always up to our partners to get our needs met. What I like to coach people on is like, you can play in desires with each other and wants and see if those like align with each other. And that's where you can go down. But if it comes up to your need, that's like definitely a personal journey. And yes, it's nice because sometimes needs meet up or, ooh, this need could be a want. And so I'm going to share it in this way. Mm-hmm. And then someone else is like, oh, my gosh, I totally want that thing, too. Awesome. That's nice. Yeah. But that's not always the case. And so how do we take more self-responsibility even in, you know, partnership? Mm-hmm. You're yeah, that, that's some big stuff there. <laughs> That is some big stuff. You're so right about like how be, especially cause we're living in such close quarters and we're supposed to not be going out there and mingling and, and even getting back into our safe six or whatever you want to call it. But it, it just means that we are putting everything on that per that person. Yeah. And I thank you for saying that. It's like, you know, that person, Oh, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say that you can't, you can't, put all the pressure on that yeah. one like no no one no one no one can take on all the pressure of one person or in a vice versa and that's it's not, yeah it's not fun <laughs> like is it fun to do that no. pretty and stressful it is and that's kind of what we're dealing with right now so it's you know i mean and these zoom kind of conversations and mm-hmm. sometimes they only go so far like i'm starting to get pretty fucking antsy yeah I resonate. So yeah, I know we, you were talking about that in the beginning. So I try to, you know, go like, what can we do? We go out for walks if yeah. we can, um, those types of things. Like, well, what do you tell your clients couples right now to, well, I, I ask them like, what are some of the things that bring you joy, you know, that you can do for yourself? Um, you know, what little moments can you like steal away for yourself? Um, for me, like, I'm just going to go personal because I can't really talk about client, client stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I've been noticing like, yeah, like this, like, cringy <sighs> slog of some sort, right, with the extroverted stuff. And so I was like, fuck it, like, I'm going to ask for my needs to be met. So I just like, put on my Facebook, like people from 815 to 845, 
five nights a week, like I'm free to hang out and chat. Like I love talking on the phone. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, and so like, I'm like, I can do zoom. I can do phone. Like yeah. I can do any type of connection. Let's do it. And like, yeah. honestly, most nights I have someone to chat with and I'm like way happier. And then I go to my partner afterwards being like, hi, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And she's like, <laughs> like, I just talked to a friend and she's like awesome <laughs> right but that human yeah. interaction that loving of humans is so important though and I get that when I don't have that interaction even if it's with the same people I feel a lot lower energy me too I feel yeah. like I don't have connection to someone because you can only connect to yourself so much until you get fucking tired of yourself yeah yeah. And then one tip, like, I, I mean, Valentine's corporate, blah, blah, I could take that down for a minute. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really healthy to make intentional date time, even though we're in a pandemic. And if you're living with someone who is your partner, like, make a date happen. <laughs> you know, like, even if it's just like, uh, a movie night at home like make that popcorn make it intentional that like my phone is off for two hours and yeah. I'm actually just going to be with you intentionally not just because we're in a like lockdown situation um I think yeah just being intentional with um our partners and our time is really helpful um yeah. during this pandemic as well like okay like yeah I can commit to a, like a weekly date whether that's say like, like a quick hike or like we have tea together or, you know, um, yeah, last week we just watched um, Hump, which is a amateur porn film festival that Dan Savage puts on. Um, you know, we usually go to Seattle and Portland every year to see that, me and my friends. We've been going for years and years. Uh, but, you know, now it's virtual. But even doing that and we like set up a projector for it and just like had just time and space to connect. And it was so fun. Like, it's so fun just to do like something intentional. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that that can help some just intimacy in general and not just wait for Valentine's once a year. <laughs> true, or an anniversary or anything that's an annual occasion, right? Yeah, yeah. I do monthly anniversaries with my current partner. So I, I know we're over two years, but we just know the 20th of every month we do something built in special because. Oh, I love that. If, if you do like pick a number, it doesn't matter what number it is, right? Yeah. Just like every month I'm going to like dedicate to being like, hey, you're special. Like, thank you for being with me. And like. Yeah where are we going the next month? What do you want to do? That kind of thing. Really helpful to do check-ins and intentional things. And I learned that from being polyamorous for nine years is that like these emotional regular, like just making check-ins so normal, you know, and then bringing that skill to monogamous relationships is just really beautiful. Like, mm monogamy says you're supposed to ride this escalator in these ways go but it's like actually should we check in like and it, and it can be the things about like the chores and these kinds of things and all of that stuff connects to the actual like intimacy and pleasure that you have with your partner yeah and so yeah check-ins are really really important and intentional time of like connecting as opposed to the only time I connect with you is like dealing with kids and 
garbage and all that. Like that sounds yeah. like fun. Like no. do something fun. <laughs> true, because because couples forget they meet and they have that kind of honeymoon phase. They you know fall in love and then it's just them. And then if they do follow the f- familial route, which is beautiful. I mean, I mean yeah. She's going to like, I'm not sick. Like it's not a secret. I fucking hate kids. So like, I don't want them. <laughs> but if you have kids, then yeah, sometimes it brings you closer to initially, but then it tears you apart because it just goes right into the selfless act of service. But you forget about serving yourself and the person that created that kid with you. You just don't have that sense of unionship anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. very tough. It's very tough. It's a lot of work relationships. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And for someone like myself, who's been, I'm like going like this. He's been in the same relationship for over a decade. Um, you know, it's though, like you said, those monthly dates or check-ins, like, I don't, I was like, he did come home. I don't know where he went, but anyway, I don't, I don't remember that honeymoon phase. Like I do, it's a very faint memory, but it's something like, you know, to bring sort of try to bring an essence of that back in or, mm-hmm. or to Neil, it sounds like you're, you are, you have a routine of almost acknowledging your relationship every month, which is important and more important as you get on more, more years together, I think too, even more so. And you can bring cake. Like, (laughs) you know, it's like, I don't, I don't really like sweets much. Um, but my partner really does. And, um, like I like them, but they're not like a thing I crave. Let's say that I'm more of a savory person. I like savory snacks. Um, but it's like a time to be like, okay, like I'm intentionally like going to get you a cupcake or like, you know, something it's just like, why not bring something sweet to someone once a month? Yeah. Yeah. And you've been with your partner for quite a while now, right? Uh, yeah, we're over the two year mark, so it's not too long, but it's felt very long yeah. <laughs> in pandemic times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a joy. It's my first like queer relationship. Um, in that particular way, I guess. I guess all my relationships were queer in a sense because I was queer, um, but they were very heteronormative presenting um, right. in the past. And so, yeah, this is my first time um, delving into that. And it's brought such beauty and freedom um, that I've never felt before. Oh, it's really, really gorgeous. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting too, because in my different communities, I'm met differently like uh when i came to victoria lekwungen territory i started volunteering at queer things and then running queer things and like people think i'm like this like super uber like queer person you know and i'm like i'm just a baby queer <laughs> and then you know when i go back to vancouver and i'm like oh my girlfriend's gonna come to the show or whatever and they're like oh yeah a bunch of my girlfriends are coming too and i'm like right you all think i'm straight got it because <laughs> before that's what i presented as and um these kinds of things so it's yeah it's interesting to see like different communities that i've been in and how people perceive me and really i'm just Tennille and i don't really like labels to begin with but um it's interesting uh seeing the way that um people treat me based on like what they perceive to be my sexual orientation or relationship structures totally yeah. right really fascinating yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, love, I love Rachel. And I kind of look at each other like hero, Rachel. It looked like you were gonna say something, and I think and I you were gonna say something. 
I think it's because we also try not to talk over each other, but we can definitely do that. And then, and it was Zoom, which is kind of frustrating. It's like, I don't know if you've noticed this, this maybe you have with Zoom. It's like, especially if you're recording, if someone is sort of talking over someone else, it won't record that voice. (laughs) So you only, sometimes you'll see me going like this, but you can't hear what I'm saying because Hero's talking because it only picks up that one microphone anyway. (laughs) It's so funny. But yeah, I mean, I don't know where the hour went and I am so excited that you could come on and chat Mm -hmm. with us. And thanks for being so receptive immediately to my communication to really makes a big difference um and yeah just to be able to be a part of your life kind of through the years Mm -hmm. and you part of my life it's just I feel so like I've learned so much from you over the years for sure and still those memories and thoughts come into my mind I'm like oh yeah I remember that time you know things like that but Mm -hmm. as we wrap I just wanted to kind of check in with you and see some of the fun things we like to ask is if there's anything you want to um share or uh, plug uh, things that are going on in your brand and your community and some things you already have, but as an official kind of parting, mm. this is me, this is what I do. Um, feel free to leave part that with us here as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, I guess like just wherever you're at in your pandemic journey. Um, yeah. Just have compassion for yourself. Ask for, ask for the things that would, be better for you (laughs) you know if people are like yes they can do that great if they can't well ask someone else or Mm. figure out a solution for yourself and just and then just have more compassion for where you're at um as for professional stuff yeah uh you can check out my website it's tennealgibe.ca i'm sure we'll put the link there for you i can take more um clients on currently and then I'm launching new things that are exciting in the next couple months. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have like a membership place. So you can like, uh, there's a free pandemic dating guidebook that I've written that's coming out. It's short, but it's like helpful for people that are like, how do I get connection in this kind of a time? Um, so that's coming out a free ebook and then there's going to be courses and all these kinds of things online. So that will be linked onto my website shortly. And, um, yeah. And then there'll be a YouTube series coming. And, uh, again, like I'm really like trying to open myself to the format and welcome that into my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, it is coming that way. So (laughs) it will be exciting. That's exciting. Lots of exciting stuff. Yeah. And great information for people right now. So no, we'll make sure we put, excuse me, all of that in the show notes and all that kind of stuff. And it was so nice to meet you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's, it's a, it's a pleasure. It's been a while since I've done a podcast video cast. Yeah. So I really enjoyed this format and it was lovely to connect with you both. Good. He was well. And the last, the last question that we asked, which is, which is juicy. Uh, let's just Great. say that is, it's a very serious question. Okay. If you were a juice, what would you be and why? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Juice, juice, juice. 
Um, well, we just bought a juicer, so this is exciting. I feel like we can create any juice now that we want. Um, but the one that recently was exciting in my mouth was uh, <laughs> cherry juice. Oh. oh, that's a new one. We haven't heard. Yeah, it's very new. It was very exciting and tart and alarming at times. Um, but oh. it was very good. It was very invigorating. <laughs> Just pure, pure cherry. Cherry juice, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was very wild. <laughs> oh my god, it sounds like this sounds orgasmic. It really does. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely no experiences in my mouth, so I like that. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, again, thank you so much, yeah, Neil, for giving us your time and um I wish you all the best and I look forward to following your journey and to see all the exciting things that you do and come out with and and we'll hopefully help some, some people, even just one person with this yeah. chat. So absolutely. Yes. thank you. So good to see you. Stay yeah. Safe. Thank you everyone. <laughs> yes. No problem. And we'll talk later. Okay. Take care. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Thanks.